This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Yes, yes, yes. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. On today's show, what it takes to build an empire in sport and how long does it take to build, run and execute a plan at a club. Now that's massive when you think about it. The project is one thing, but actually implementing it is another. And the poison in sport, racism continues to make headlines as a tweet goes viral, which causes uproar on social media between two teammates. Any idea who I'm talking about? We'll discuss that later on in the show. On a lighter note, The Rock is returning back to the platform that gave him his name, wrestling. Now I know growing up we all had our favorite wrestlers. The Rock is one of the best out there who has utilized this platform to spread motivation and perseverance in whatever we go through in life. All this and more coming on the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, if you are tuning in to Pulse95 or just jumping in on my Instagram Live, big up to Sarhan Dewey. Big Hass is on, on the Instagram Live as well. We've got uh, Nihil. We have uh, Hamad. We have Huda. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Halftime Show. The Halftime Show would be nothing without you guys. So I appreciate the love and support. But we're talking about building an empire. Now, what it takes to build an empire. Let's look at the current sport and the current game right now. And if we take, for example, let's say mm, Manchester City. All right, cool. I wasn't planning that, but I'm going to talk about them. So Manchester City prepared this project, let's say, six years ago. Now, before Pep Guardiola's arrival, the Manchester City hierarchy, chairman, etc., etc., had planned to bring in you know, Pep Guardiola to build Manchester City. So they had scouting systems, they had sports scientists, everything who Pep Guardiola actually wanted to be able to implement a winning team. Now, for those who haven't been on earth for the last three years, Manchester City have won two out of the last three Premier League titles, which never happens back to back. They're on course to win their third title this year. Now, if we take it back and we look at, you know, the revolution behind Pep Pep Guardiola joining, part of Johan Cruyff's team, one of the best, if not the greatest coach of all time, uh, won the European Cup in 1992. And guess who was his captain? Pep Guardiola. Now, if we reverse back and we say in 2007, 2008, Guardiola managed Barcelona B. In 2008-2012, he managed Barcelona, upon which he won several titles. And if we look at 2013-2016, to he was at Bayern Munich, and he also won several titles. Bayern Munich yesterday, coming off a crazy, crazy win against Tottenham Hotspur. Sorry, uh, Isa, if you're listening to this, um, it's, uh, it's definitely a tough, tough watch. But for everyone else around the world, they enjoyed 7-2 with a victory from Bayern Munich with Coutinho starring and Gnabry who used to be an Arsenal player just saying um, a great game but Pep Guardiola doesn't normally stay longer than four years at a club now the scouting system is insane because they spend endless amount of hours behind the scenes trying to find the right personnel on a physical and on a mental basis if you're not too familiar you should watch a documentary called All or Nothing now it's not just for the football fans it's also for fans of sport 
or people that just want a bit of motivation there is so much behind the scenes happening it's unbelievable but who are these people behind the scenes who are helping Pep Guardiola in his winning formula let's break it down his assistant coach Dominic Torrent one of his most trusted members of staff was with him at Bayern Munich and Barcelona Carlos Planchart performance analysis coach has been in his side since he began his coaching career at Barcelona B in 2007. He analyzes collective data for individual and teams to help Pep prepare for the opponents. So you see, there's so much science happening we don't know behind the scenes. Lorenzo Buenaventura, the fitness coach who joined Guardiola at Barcelona in 2008 and has followed him to Bayern Munich and now to Manchester City. He's actually well known for helping players regain their fitness quickly, especially after an injury. That's another crazy one. Uh, Manel Estiarte, head of player support and protocol. Now, Mane is actually uh, an Olympic gold medalist who um, represented Spain 578 times at water polo and became the first player within his sport to represent his country at six Olympic Games. He worked with them at Bayern Munich as well. So as you can see, there's a pattern here where Guardiola only brings on people he trusts and throughout his whole career has had very, very similar uh, backroom staff. Rudolfo Borrell, another assistant coach. You see, we don't hear about these names. We only hear about Pep. Now, Borrell was Lionel Messi's first coach at Barcelona and he's also played a role in the development of likes of Cesc Fabregas and... Andreas Iniesta, that's another player. Jabi Mancisidor, the head of goalkeeping, who also happens to be Spanish, who came from Mallorca. Mikel Arteta, another assistant coach, thought very highly by Pep and also rumored to be the next in line for the big job. Often seen referring to incidents throughout the game. If ever you watch Manchester City, you just see him and uh, and Pep Guardiola, you know, bickering at each other about what's happened in the game. Brian Kidd, another assistant coach, a respected and trusted coach, who's also an assistant to Sir Alex Ferguson. He's won titles with Manchester uh, with uh, with Manchester City, with Mancini, Pellegrini, and now Pep. So you see, there's a winning trend there of Pep keeping certain people. Now, with a massive team like this. You would think it's enough, right? Nope. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has been added to the payroll at Manchester City in what is reported as an all-access area. I don't know about you, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> there's no role, there's no title that's just getting him involved in what's happening. So that's, again, insane to think about what's going on at Manchester City. Now, for those who remember the name and not sure how, you know where it's come from, Van Bronckhorst played for uh, Barcelona, Arsenal and Rangers and went to coach Feyenoord later. He actually won the Irividize in 2016-2017 um, know, with, with that. So this is just a small example of what it takes to build an empire. But coming up next, it's that subject again. Racism is not going away in Europe. And the tweet sparks uproar as Bernardo Silva is criticized for an, an alleged racist video he uploaded on social media regarding his teammate Mendy. When will racism stop? Shout out to Leila who's joined in and Amna as well on the Instagram live. Text us on 4215. Let us know what you think about the uh, building an empire segment and what it takes to build an empire at Manchester City. And if you have any thoughts on racism as well in sport, text us on 4215, do, or slide into our DMs at Omar Duri or at Pulse95 Radio. Much more coming up next on the Halftime Show with me, Omar Duri on Pulse95. Pulse95. 
This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Salam alaikum, everyone who's tuned in on Pulse95radio.com, on the radio in their cars, or even on Instagram Live at Pulse95radio or at Omar Alduri. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, on the Halftime Show, if you are regular tuners, you will know that... Um, one thing I can't tolerate, especially having been brought up in the UK, is racism. I think it's poison. I think it has no place in sport. And uh, it just makes me sad, really, because I know a lot of talented people that have experienced it in the sport. And um, it's not just in sports, it's in life as well. And it's still making headlines, uh, which is beyond me. Recent events have sparked outrage as Bernardo Silva posted a video of him and Mendy having a private joke together. Now, Mendy was wearing a black t-shirt in which Silva made the comment saying he's not wearing anything or something along the lines. A silly joke, really, between, between teammates. But my question is, why air it, you know, and, and show the world? You know, was there any malice behind it? Probably not. Uh, Pep, uh, Pep Guardiola and Sterling both uh, have gone public and said there's absolutely nothing behind it. And, and now I don't know Silva personally and doubt he's a racist, but why do something like that? And this comes again to, you know, social media and why you have to share certain things. If it's a private joke between him and teammate, fine. Mendy didn't look too bothered by it. Sterling obviously has been, you know, I'm very reluctant to use the word ambassador nowadays, but he's definitely been an ambassador for the sport, for allowing kids from different backgrounds to participate and also to have a voice, you know. So I, I believe Sterling when he says, you know, that he's not a racist. I definitely believe that. But I don't compare that to what's happening in Italy, which I'll go into in a bit. But this is where social media needs to be monitored. And and by the clubs that have these multi-million pound, you know, role models, you know, surely you should be monitoring that, stopping that before it gets out, you know, speaking to the players. You know, in other news, in Italy, we've heard over the years, Moise Keane, Muntari, uh, Balotelli, and recently, Romelu Lukaku. Now, Calgary have avoided punishment after supporters aimed racist abuse at Romelu Lukaku during Inter's 2-1 victory in Syria in Sardinia at the start of this month. Calgary were fined 5,000 euros after fans threw bottles on the pitch during Sunday's 3-1 win at Parma, but not the racist chance aimed at Lukaku. I'm lost for words. This isn't the first time the club has been linked with racist chants in games, and this isn't just at Calgary. Let's just clarify that. This happens all over Europe, you know. But it's happened a few times at Calgary. And this has been happening for years now. But my question is, why and how come it's still not being stamped out of football? Now, racism blights youth football in Italy. And as much as it does in the top leagues, with about 80 cases recorded over the last two seasons. Now, the attention on racism in football and in sport in general has only been noted when it happens in Serie A or B or the top leagues, said Mauro Valeri, who leads the observatory on racism in football. However, there are many episodes in youth teams, especially among very young players. The issue is not considered to be a serious problem, but in reality, if you look at the quantity in the last two years alone, it's been about 80 episodes of cases being filed. That's just being filed. Now, the lack of education in certain communities when it comes to racism is poor. And the reason why I say that is not because they haven't got the investment to, to learn about racism. It's the fact that they're not doing anything about it. And Bernardo Silva and Pep and, and Mendy and all that, that's minor stuff. 
but kick it out um, on social media actually you know retweeted it and caused a huge uproar online what can we do about it i'll tell you what we can do about it we can educate them how about this no fans should be allowed in the stadium ban everyone everyone in that stand who was in that stand when the racist chants were being made if you can't locate who it is ban the whole stadium therefore the team suffers for the idiots that are in the crowd making monkey noises and calling people all sorts of names which is just unacceptable now why should all the fans be punished so that those people the minority never do it again and get banned for life and so their team gets affected by the idiots who are supporting uh, you know racism and here's what we should do now we hear VAR being used all the time right all those cameras pointing at pinky toes and armpits that you know that 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 record offsides right <laughs> so so how about this how about pointing those cameras at the uneducated ignorant people who make racist gestures at a player because of his color how about we do that how about we use VAR for racism and really locate the minority that are you know abusing our current athletes could be a 16 year old a 15 year old an 18 year old even a 27 year old it's still wrong irrespective of what we're doing this has no place in sport at all okay and this is my my this is just my personal opinion from someone who's been brought up in the uk a muslim an arab who spent all his life there i've been through that and certain teams that i've played for and guess what it does affect you and if you react then you're the one who gets the red card and you're the one who gets caution and you're the one who gets the ban. Well, how about we ban those people for life and use VAR to actually kick out racism? And that's, again, just my opinion. But text us on 4215 do, or slide into our DMs at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio and tell us what you what you think, you know, the community, uh, the sport, the governing body should do to ban racism from all sports in the world. It's not just sport. It comes down to you know society as well okay i've had my rat now guys <laughs> now now we can actually focus on something a bit more lighter because coming up next the rock comes back to where it all started and makes his debut in wrestling okay only here in the heart of Sharjah on pulse 95 you're listening to pulse 95 this is the halftime show with omar adouri Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show with me, Omar Duri. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international and local. Now, if you have missed today's show, you missed a lot today. You know, you, I kind of had my rant when it comes to racism in sport. So if you do miss our shows, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Shout out to Mickey, Mikey, Mikael in the building who uh, makes that happen for us here. And shout out to R as well, who's uh, on his phone right now looking good. Um, guys, one thing uh, you know I've uh, I've picked up on, and someone uh, mentioned this the other day. Shout out to Saleh bin Akil, Jude, um, Sultan, Antisahir, and Mayuri actually, who are tuned in as well. The question I had was, Omar, what is going on with Barcelona? Talk to us about what you think Barcelona should do. Now it's probably not for me to say regarding what Barcelona should do, but I don't think Barcelona will evolve without um, someone that Lionel Messi respects. And I say that because we often say in sport, 
No player is bigger than the club, but in this case, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest players of all time is Lionel Messi, and therefore he is one of the greatest players of all time. So he does control that dressing room. He does control which signings come in. If Lionel Messi did not want Neymar back, there's no way there would be talk about Neymar coming back, period. When it comes down to the transfers coming in, it has to fit the dynamic of what's happening with um, you know, with Lionel Messi. How is that going to be integrated in a team? So a coach that comes in like Valverde, who's been criticized heavily, heavily in, um, in, mo- in modern football, it's hard to be able to coach a player who you cannot develop any further, who's one of the greatest players of all time. Now, managing him psychologically and emotionally is something, and that's probably where you earn his respect to a certain point. But when it comes down to results the manager's head is on the table and as soon as Barcelona start to get weak results I think in my opinion Valverde has one more year because winning the league is just not enough nowadays in La Liga and uh, with Real Madrid being average and um, and uh, and Atletico Madrid you know building again after the players they've lost and by the way doing very well um, that's going to take a while uh, you know for them to for them to to be the, at the heights that we mentioned before, you know, um, that's another thing. So, who who can come back in? Maybe a Pep Guardiola. We spoke about building an empire in segment one today um, with him at Manchester City. Is he preparing Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to take his role so he can move to Barcelona and be reunited with, you know, his Catalonian blood? You know, that's something that we're looking at. But again, it comes down to personnel. You know, can anyone come in? and make a mark on Barcelona in what could be considered an aging side, despite the few youngsters that are coming through. Luis Suarez, you know, is someone that, you know, is there. Uh, I don't know how, how many years he has. But in my opinion, they haven't replaced Carlos Puyo, who is the heartbeat of that team. And until they do that, it's going to be very difficult for them. Guys, I have a competition I'll be throwing this month. If you know any Sharjah football uh, club fans... I want you to text in 4215 do text in my Sharjah and why you should win a signed shirt by the champions of the Gulf League here in the UAE. Uh, I will be giving that away this month. You have to just hashtag my Sharjah FC and tell me why you should be winning that or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio or at Omar Duri and I will be giving away the Sharjah FC signed shirt by the whole team from us here at the Halftime Show because you know we're cool like that we like to give away things as well um, so let us know text us on 4215 do or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio or at Omar Duri and tell us why you deserve or if you know someone why they deserve to win the Sharjah FC signed shirt by the champions. And it is coming to that time. Full time on the halftime show. In fantasy football, Erij, you are killing it at the moment now on the Pulse95 fantasy football uh, you know, uh, competition we have, which is a season competition. She's been top of the league now since it started and still going strong. I thought I was catching up, but I didn't have a good week. What did you guys do? How did you guys do this week? Uh, shout out to I, Swag DXB, Mohammed El Belushi, Amani, um, and uh, who else have I got here? 
and Madaxe Sanchez. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wherever you're tuned in around the world, remember we appreciate that uh, and uh, and love you guys here at the Halftime Show. We're coming back on Saturday where I will have Ali uh, on the show who's going to tell us a lot about his journey in sport, in fitness, in health. And uh, you don't want to miss that out on Pulse95 on the Heart of Sharjah. Guys, we love you. We salute you. All the best. Stay blessed. Have an amazing day. Peace. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.